Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, coming at you on am860theanswer.com. And we are the answer for you. And you can reach us live anywhere in the world, 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Sunday. If you have a computer, you just Google the station or Google my website, drbillradiomd.com, and click Listen Live or Join Me or whatever little button's up there. And if you have a headset or speakers on your computer there i am or here i am are we here or there bill i'm not sure which one we are we're we're, that's right we're we're here because we're not all there so this morning we're going to have sherry torquos back on but uh, first i wanted to give a little uh, uh a little amendment to one of my statements that i made i said that the president didn't have the power to undo the special prosecutor and i uh, did a little studying on constitutional law, and he he really does have the power over the Department of Justice, and he could have stopped it at any time. But I just think that it would have been so politically unpopular and uh, difficult for him that that it was smart that his subordinates didn't let him do that. And it's going to turn out just fine, actually. I think it's going to work in his benefit for the next election. Now, he also stepped into the Iranian situation after the the failed Venezuela uh, regime change that Bolton and uh, Pompeo had predicted would happen and but didn't happen because nobody turned out for the opposition guy. So apparently John Bolton and Mike Pompeo felt that Iran was uh, on the verge of causing more trouble. And if you recall back in the 1980s, we had to step in and do a little house cleaning and the uh, Straits of Hormuz and in the in the Gulf there uh, to clean out the Iranian Navy, which was threatening uh, shipping in the area, and they were laying in landmines to let everybody know that's their territory. So not unlike what China would like to do in the South China Sea. At any rate, the, the the sabers were rattling, and the president stepped in because he has said repeatedly that he does not want a war in the Middle East. He does not want another war, and he ran on that. And he has been trying to get us out of that area, although I I disagree with him. I don't think that we can leave completely, but uh, I respect his opinion that we should not go to war with Iran. It would be uh, uh, much more difficult than the Iraqi war and probably more costly in the long run, although I think that it would be best for the area in the long run. So at any rate, he has uh, sent out an olive branch to the Ayatollahs and the ruling elite in Iran and has ratcheted down the rhetoric and tried to calm things down because the idea of regime change or regime collapse has not uh, come to fruition in other attempts that have been led by Bolton and Pompeo. And I think that he feels, the president, that his 
attempts to negotiate with uh, Kim Jong-un and North Korea have been much more fruitful than any saber-rattling that he could have or we could have done as a nation against that that uh, rogue nation up there in, in northeastern Asia. So I think that in Central Asia, the Iranians are, in his mind, similar, that he can reach out to them and open a dialogue and that he would rather do that than to escalate the the uh, the military side of it and bring it to a conflict that would be very costly for both sides. Uh, I don't know that it would be all that difficult because the, uh, the the Iranian guard, their revolutionary guard, is the backbone of their military, and I'm guessing that the majority of people are conscripts, much like the Iraqi army was, and that they would give up as soon as they had the opportunity, especially with the economic pressures and the, uh, the rationing that's going on in Iran. And we see the rationing going on in North Korea. Uh, we, we see people starving in Venezuela, and this is because of our interventions and our insistence that these people be isolated and that we uh, cut off their supplies and decrease the trade from the rest of the world with them. So I, th I think the president has a good idea. I'd rather see him do that than take us to war although we must always have that option on the table. So that is my political or military or geopolitical or whatever you want to call it view on this at this point in time. I may change it later. That's my prerogative. It's my show, and I can do what I want. And with that, we'll turn over to Sherry Torcos, uh, Bachelor of Science in Pharmacy, registered pharmacist, author, certified fitness instructor, health enthusiast, and she likes to share her passion for wellness with others. And Sherry, welcome to the show again. Are you there, girlfriend? Oh, my God, Bill, we lost her. All right, so Sherry is going to talk with us about how to maintain your muscle mass when you're sick and to rebuild it, uh, if we can get her on the line here. And the, uh, the, the problem is, is that when we are disabled, sick, in the hospital, uh, down with some kind of virus for protracted period of time, <clears throat> that we lose muscle mass. Why do we lose muscle mass? Well, we lose muscle mass because as our body has an increased demand for calories and for food, it begins to break down the muscles. It doesn't break down fat immediately. Uh, fat is broken down after we reach a certain point in our quote, quote, starvation or whatever you want to call it, uh, that uh, fat is finally extracted and that's one of the problems with a lot of these diets is that they they uh, they make you lose muscle mass before fat mass now the ketogenic diets are supposed to help you maintain your muscle mass while your body turns over to using fat as its fuel the problem with using fat as fuel is that it generates uh, ketones and ketone ketones are what give us the word ketogenic diet. Hey, Doc. Sherry, are you there? Hi, good morning. Good morning. We thought we'd lost you. 
<laughs> I'm here. I called in and I, I couldn't hear you guys and I guess you couldn't hear me. <laughs> Scared. Thank God. We've got you now. Sherry, welcome to the show again. Thank We've you got, so much. And you're still up there in the cold north, I take it? No, actually right now I am calling from hot and sunny Phoenix. I'm Whoa. In, yeah, Phoenix, Arizona. I was out here for a few days uh, doing a little business and um, also brought my son along to do some hiking uh, through the uh, the mountains here. What did you do with your husband? He stayed at home. He's working. <laughs> oh, good. So you got that worked out. <laughs> you figured <laughs> that, that out. <laughs> that worked out fine. Exactly. I had my little honey here. My son, is, his name is Phoenix, and he is a he just loves to hike. So some just extraordinary places to hike in this area. So we had a great time. Did you see where that little two-year-old boy uh, hiked out in the middle of the night in Kentucky and was lost for three days? They found him on a cliff ledge 50 feet down, and uh, he was rescued a couple of days ago. He looked pretty good. Yeah, amazing. Totally amazing. Yeah, and uh, those parents are going to have a hard time. That kid's going to be a a handful (laughs) wandering (laughs) off in the middle of the night. (laughs) Oh, yes. I think he made it about three quarters of a mile. Uh, that that's pretty good for a 22 month old in the middle of the night. Very yeah. bold, very exactly. daring. Yeah, you would think a child at that age would be super scared and uh, not have the survival skills, but I guess maybe some in- instinct will kick in, right? That and hyperactivity. They'll probably have to put him on some Ritalin eventually. <laughs> oh, <listen to> <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about how to maintain your muscle mass. Is that what we're going to do this morning? Yeah, exactly. How to maintain our muscle as we age, um, which is, you know, one of those things that, you know, people worry about their bones, they worry about their heart, their brain. They often don't think about muscle health, and yet um, there's a lot of research showing that muscle is a more important indicator of your overall health. Um, So, yeah, I think this is an important topic to shed some light on. Yes, indeed. And uh, muscle is formed from basic amino acids. It's a protein uh, substance. And uh, it's a very cool little uh, little organelle that, that the actin and the myosin slide against each other through the action of uh, energy as well as calcium and different electrolytes that help it uh, pull itself and relax and spread apart. And, you know, it, it's a it's a neat little, uh, I don't know if you've studied much physiology, but it's a really neat little organelle, the, the muscle cells. They're, they're pretty cool. It is cool. I, I find a lot about health and nutrition in the human body very amazing. Um, our resilience and um, just how the body can repair and regenerate and build and break down and all of that. So, yeah, it is pretty amazing. So uh, one of the problems that we have in medicine is that when people are in intensive care or in the hospital for an extended period of time, of course, they're they're inactive, basically, and they lose muscle mass. We try to get the physical therapist in there to work with them, and if they're unable to walk or get up, we we do passive exercises with them. I don't know how much that helps, but um, there's some theory to that, I guess. But uh, the problem is, is how do you maintain that? And we've tried everything, even giving um, high-protein supplements and shakes and intravenous tube feedings with proteins. Uh, uh, there's not a whole lot of good evidence that, that it is all that helpful uh, in terms of ability to grip and squeeze, but, but there is some evidence that it probably helps in the recovery phase, and I don't know what your experience is with this. 
Right. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, you're right. One of the biggest concerns for people that are laid up in hospital beds, whether they've had some type of a, a break or an injury or surgery, um, if they're not able to be mobile, not putting weight on the muscles and the bones, things start to um, atrophy and, and break down and uh, people lose their strength, they become weaker and um, that is why, of course, yes, we try to get people up after they've had surgery, if possible, and get them moving as quick as possible. Um, when you look at the role of protein supplements, yes, I've seen some of that research as well, saying that, you know, little to, you know, maybe a little bit of benefit to ensuring people are getting that protein in their diet. Um, it also helps, you know, maybe with their energy levels and just their overall nutritional state. Um, but there was some interesting research that I came across um, on an amino acid uh, blend. I was actually asked through a, a colleague of mine who was launching this this um, supplement into the market. It's called Rejuvenate. And um, some studies have shown that this study, um, or some, that this particular product, the Rejuvenate, can actually help to prevent muscle loss and also to increase uh, muscle protein synthesis by about I think it was 57 percent in their in their research. And a lot of their um, their studies, uh, they actually were looking at people that were in those types of situations where they were on bed rest and not able to um, to get exercise because we know that usually you need that exercise along with protein in your diet in order for your body to build muscle. Um, but in these studies, this particular amino acid blend, it's, it's unique because it's very rich in leucine, and I understand leucine is one of those key um, amino acids, an essential amino acid that the body needs to trigger that process of muscle protein synthesis. So, um, yeah, this came across my uh, my desk about a couple of months ago, and I found found it very fascinating because uh, you know they've done I think 17 years of clinical research, 25 studies. I think it was University of Arkansas that did a lot of the research, and um, this may be a valuable tool, not just for people that are in environments like, say, in a hospital situation or they've had surgery and they want to prevent muscle loss, but for the average person who, you know, when you hit 50, you know, sarcopenia, this age-related muscle loss kicks in, and we, we our bodies aren't as efficient as muscle rebuilding. So this may be something uh, people can use to augment their lifestyle uh, to prevent muscle loss and, and maintain their muscle as they age. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, now, folks, there are nine or ten essential amino acids, and they are the building blocks of proteins. They're little chemicals, biochemicals, uh, when we say biochemical, we mean they have a carbon backbone. Carbon is the is the organic molecule that makes up human beings for the most part, although we have oxygen and some nitrogen and a lot of calcium in us. But uh, the thing that defines an organic life form, life form is carbon base. So these little amino acids, there's nine or ten of them, lysine being one that is very important. They are necessary for us to build muscle as well as other parts of the body. And uh, we are constantly in debate as to whether or not a vegetarian diet is high enough in the essential amino acids if you can get enough of them. The problem being that even if there are all of the amino acids present in something like soybeans, the availability of your body to absorb it is limited because of the way that it's presented to um, our gut. So 
there are some problems, and we therefore turn to more basic mixtures of just pure amino acids uh, when we are looking at uh, nourishing people who are sick or people who are elderly. And the uh, the insure and the other over-the-counter supplements are basically uh, high-protein mixtures with a lot of the basic amino acids in them. And this is supposed to be helpful now, whether or not it really is, I think is, is debatable. But I do think that uh, the adequate nutrition, including all the essential amino acids in the right proportions, as well as exercise and activity, are what are going to maintain your muscle mass as you get older or if you are sick and disabled. And uh, as Sherry was saying, we need to look at and try to determine whether or not there is a mix that will be more beneficial than another mix. So the high lysine is one way of, of mixing these up, and this is something that we do do in the, in, in the hospitals. Yeah, you know, um, you touched on some really great points there. Um, the vegetarian diet, which I'm starting to see, well, I have been seeing over the past decade or so, a lot more people that are following a vegetarian di- a diet because they are either trying to improve heart health or lose weight or, you know, they're just for you know, ethical reasons. Vegetarian diet is super healthy for sure, but, yes, the challenge is vegetables, in different combinations, they do provide the essential amino acids, but often not at high enough of a rate to um, trigger the body to um, be able to um, ultimately produce muscle um, in an efficient way. So you need a lot more protein from vegetarian sources, and, and there is debate whether you can even get enough if you're at a situation where you've already experienced significant muscle loss to just rebuild with vegetarian sources alone. And um, the other thing, uh, the other point I would add, too, is I mentioned the term sarcopenia, which I don't think would resonate with a lot of people. We all know about osteoporosis, and that's the process by which our body starts to lose our bone mass as we get older. Up until you know a certain age in our 20s or so, there's a balance between the osteoblasts and the osteoclasts, the bone building, bone breakdown um, cells. And then as we get older, we start to break down bone at a greater rate than we rebuild. And something similar, very similar, happens in muscle. There's a relative balance in muscle building and muscle breakdown until we hit about age 40, and then the equation shifts, but not in a good way. We start to break down muscle at a greater rate than we rebuild it. And as we get even older, um, over age 50, over 60, it becomes much more challenging. Um, In fact, there's um, some evidence to say that we need about 67% more protein um, and amino acids to stimulate muscle protein synthesis as we are aging. So, um, you know, I always tell people it's, you know, we can't just rely on one specific thing. Yes, the amino acid that rejuvenate I mentioned is fantastic, but as much as possible, you want to try and make sure you're getting the protein in your diet and exercise, all of those things together really to, to put yourself in the best position to, to fight this age-related muscle loss. And um, not just an aspect for your appearance too, folks, you know, people that think about muscle, they think often, you know, bodybuilders, physique, but muscle impacts your blood sugar, it impacts your heart health, it impacts so many aspects of your overall health, and it's your, your strength and your longevity tied in. Absolutely. Now, there are a couple of, a couple of things we, uh, we need to touch on that you brought up. Uh, 
there's really not good evidence that uh, one diet is better than another in terms of heart health. What we do know is that if you keep your calories down and you stay active, that you'll you'll remain heart healthy. Now, there are people with genetic predisposition to high cholesterol. And of course, we like to not only get them on medication, but try to encourage them to eat a low cholesterol diet. Uh, but for most of us, if we are at our ideal body weight, which no Americans are anymore, we're all overweight, uh, then we're, we're not going to have a lot of the problems. And, and I don't think it really matters if you eat bacon or you eat tofu, uh, as long as you watch your calories and, um, and stay active and keep your weight down. Obviously, you're not going to just eat bacon because you're not going to get all the other things that you need, and you're not going to just eat tofu because you're not going to get all the other things you need. But uh, I think that we we have to also think about the amount of vegetables that you would have to eat to get enough of the essential amino acids. Remember that vegetables are primarily carbohydrates, and carbohydrates are just complex sugars. So you're going to have to eat a whole lot of calories to get the essential amino acids that you need, whereas with uh, uh, lean meat, you're 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 eating uh, a more uh, higher uh, density, more bioavailability of protein, and that doesn't mean that if you're a vegetarian, you need to stop and go back to meat. I don't eat meat, but I do it for not for health reasons. I do it for personal reasons. I've, I've heard enough little animals in the world, and I think it's time to leave them alone. So, but at any rate, we have to think about that in terms of calories and activity, as well as getting the essential amino acids that we need. So, uh, I, I would I would say to people because I have a lot of overweight people, I say, well, I'm eating all the right things. Yeah, but you're eating way too much of it. And Sherry, that's a big problem, uh, and I think that the the press and the public, the uh, lay literature has pushed a lot of this, and, and it, I don't think it's been all that helpful for us. We're we're just eating too much. Yeah, too many too many calories, and I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because yes, a vegetarian diet is high, but if you are consuming exorbitant amounts of calories. Um, trying to either up your protein or eating a lot of pastas, calories count, sugar counts. And, uh, yeah, so I think we have to be mindful of that. And, and this is where, you know, I'm a really a big proponent of trying to get all of your nutrients from, from food and from diet, if you can. But there are a few circumstances where, you know, we can't always get enough um, that we need to support good health. And that's where, you know, when it comes to muscle health, uh, this Rejuvenate um, product that I mentioned earlier uh, that's rich in uh, leucine and lysine and isoleucine, all of these essential amino acids, it can really help to, um, to support muscle health, to rebuild lost muscle. And um, their studies show also it helps to um, improve overall energy, vitality, strength. Um, these are key things for us. I think a lot of people that I talk to as we're aging, we, we don't just want to, you know, grow older. We want to grow older with our, our health and our, our wellness, uh, you know, intact. So um, I think this can be a, a really a key strategy. And um, it's, a, it's a powder packet that you would take once daily. So it's a once daily packet. There are two different flavors. There's raspberry and fruit punch. And um, it can really help to rejuvenate your muscles. So 
um, you know, this is an important consideration. Again, I'm, I'm not one to say supplements are always the first-line approach, but when we're looking at muscle health and what can help to rebuild that lost muscle and prevent further muscle loss, the, um, the evidence is very um, impressive for this. Yeah, and I think that this might be a good thing for uh, vegetarians to to try. Uh, now, I don't know where they uh, extract the amino acids from. I would guess from uh, dairy products, uh, and there are some vegans who won't use that. But if we don't tell them, they probably won't figure it out anyway. Well, actually, um, it is dairy-free. Um, it's sugar-free, dairy-free, gluten-free. Um, so I don't know where they extract them either, but um, I do know um, that it's dairy-free because I, I've recommended it for a few people. Once I, I you know, was introduced to this a couple months ago and I started looking into it, and I, um, I saw you know, some, my father included. Um, I thought that he would be a good candidate, and I have a few patients from the pharmacy that I work with that you know, are in their 70s and really just kind of looking to, you know, what can I do to, to get myself back, um, you know, boost my energy, boost my muscle mass. So... I've had really positive feedback, um, I can say, from people that have been taking it um, who do notice um, not just the benefit in terms of they feel stronger, they're noticing their muscle mass improving, but also energy. So that's, that's another key thing. Um, it, it's not in pharmacies yet. Um, it is just online. Um, so you can get it at rejuvenatemuscle.com. That's rejuvenatemuscle.com. But I understand that it is planned to be in some stores like Walmart and others um, in the very near future. And um, who knows, maybe this will be combined with protein supplements as well and powders and other products, um, you know, that can help people that are, you know, in those situations where they're in the hospital and, and trying to recover and, and get, their, get their muscle back. Yeah. Now, uh, are you in, were you involved in development or you're, are you involved anyway with this company or is this just something you happened upon? Well, I have a, a friend who um, got involved a couple of months ago uh, who introduced me to it. So, no, I'm, I'm not directly involved with the company, but I had the opportunity to take a look at their, their science and the product when they were getting ready to bring it to market. You know, sometimes companies will reach out to me and say, you know, we'd like you to take a look at this. What do you think about this? And, you know, where, where do you th think this is going to, you know, fit in the marketplace and um, look at our science, take a review of that. So that was my role, um, really, just to kind of take a look at, at the product. And I have to say, I haven't seen anything like this come to market um, that actually has science behind it showing um, that it can actually make a difference. Because as you were mentioning earlier on, a lot of those protein powders and supplements and insurers and things like that, when they've looked at the studies, they haven't really shown, uh, you know, such a, a great benefit with respect to helping to um, boost muscle mass. Um, you know, maybe it's helping to provide people with the calories they need and their energy and their nu nutrition when they're um, not able to eat foods. But, you know, that, that is one goal. But we, again, also want to look at what we can do to, um, to prevent muscle loss in those folks. Yeah, and uh, I, I think you're, you're, you've hit on a good point that a lot of these over-the-counter uh, supplements like Insure are going to add calories to people who are already probably eating too many calories. Now, again, there are people who cannot eat uh, solid foods or they're, they've had some kind of bowel surgery or whatever, and uh, these supplements are great things for them to keep them going until they regain their ability to eat a regular diet. 
And so I don't have a problem with that, but I think that pushing this on the public as a supplement that will make them healthier when they're already overweight is just, it's just ridiculous. But hey, that's free enterprise, baby. That's free enterprise. Yeah, you have to watch all those calories. You know, we were talking about, you know, the, the total picture counts. So if you're having, you know, the insurers or the boosts or any of those other meal replacements and you're also snacking on, you know, some cookies and muffins and some other things here uh, that are high and you know, very dense in calories and you're struggling with your weight, then, you know, time to, you know, reevaluate the situation. Now, I'm at the opposite end. I, uh, I had... Uh some gastric surgery and lost a lot of weight. And so I'm, when I'm active and I ride my bicycle to work and it's about five, six miles and I, uh, I climb scaffolding and paint and do physical labor and all kinds of things here and there, which I enjoy, by the way, I just put in a new toilet yesterday at the house here. I was telling Bill about that before the show. He was very excited about that. He just loves hearing about new toilets and, um, so, but at any rate, my problem is, is that it's difficult for me to get enough calories in if I eat a high vegetable diet, because as you know, uh, a, a lot of vegetable is not digested. It just passes through. So let's say an apple is a hundred calories in a bomb calorimeter. It doesn't mean you're going to absorb all 100 calories because you're not going to digest all of that apple. Some of it is going to be in, in a, in a form that only, only a, a cow could digest. All that insoluble fiber, right? Yeah, all that fiber that, you know, all that. Uh, that's why I, I quit eating roaches, you know, that chitinous exoskeleton. <laughs> it just gets stuck in your teeth and you don't digest it. But uh, at any rate, you, you know, you have to you have to use some common sense here. And so I do have to eat a, a little bit more in the way of carbohydrates. And I, I get my, my protein through cheeses and, and uh, dairy products and occasional eggs. But... Uh, it is important to to stop and think about what we're doing and why we're doing it, and are we just blindly following some advertising for the sake of of thinking that we're going to get healthier just by putting something in our mouth? And that that almost never works. I mean, if you got scurvy, yes, please put some vitamin C in your mouth. But <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sherry, let's go grab a cup of coffee. Uh, I'm going to go get my cup of Joe, and we'll be back in a few minutes. When we come back, I'm going to talk about, and hopefully Sherry will help me out with, talking about the hormonal aspects of muscle growth and maintaining muscle mass. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Authorities have confirmed a tornado with winds up to 130 miles per hour touchdown in southern Oklahoma yesterday. The National Weather Service says the twister traveled about a mile in Geronimo. That's 80 miles southwest of Oklahoma City. Multiple people were stranded meantime on recreation trails in northwest Arkansas in similar foul weather. Energy companies in both states reporting tens of thousands of people are in the dark. The Trump administration is warning that commercial airliners flying over the Persian Gulf risk being targeted by, quote, miscalculation or misidentification by the Iranian military at warning relayed by diplomats from the Federal Aviation Administration. And War of Will has won the 144th running of the Preakness yesterday after finishing well out of the money at the Kentucky Derby. This is SRN News. 
Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. You're a do-it-yourselfer. You fix things around the house, take care of the yard, wash your car, and run your own business. But wow, when it comes to digital marketing and advertising, things aren't so do-it-yourself. Salem Surround can help. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundtampa.com. Surroundtampa.com. Connecting you with new customers. Once again, Purity Products, a recognized leader in the field of nutritional supplements, has an incredible free bottle offer today on their clinically tested EverStrong. This is their exclusive combination of the Elite Crea Pure Creatine, amplified by coffee berry extract, plus a thousand units of vitamin D, plus the joint promoting action of fruit XB boron. Here's how it works be one of the first thousand callers from today's show, and Purity's going to rush you out a free bottle of EverStrong to try for yourself. All you pay for is shipping. That's just $6.95. You try it, you be the judge. It's that simple. Even the shipping is 100% refundable. So you've got absolutely nothing to lose. Even better, as a special bonus today, you'll also get a free bottle of Purity's B12 Energy Melts. Two awesome products free. Just call now, 1-800-580-1175. That's 1-800-580-1175. So give this double free bottle offer a try today. Call right now, 1-800-580-1175. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Partly sunny and pleasant today. Winds northeast, 4 to 8 miles per hour, high 92. Clear tonight, low 77. Partly sunny and pleasant for Monday, high 91. Mainly clear skies Monday night, low 74. Mostly sunny on Tuesday, high 92. That is your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Madison Baggett for AM860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, and I'm with Sherry Torkus, who is pharmacist and uh, certified health nut. And we're talking about how to preserve muscle mass. Sherry, you still there? I am. I am. Thanks for playing that song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I do. When I was a little girl, my you know, in the in the 70s, my uh, uncles they would always sing that song to me. <laughs> so it has a special memory. <laughs> Well, Uncle Billy just sang it for you. Thanks, Uncle Bill. (laughs) (laughs) 
So at any rate, I was talking with uh, Bill during the break, and he was laughing about the toilet situation. I said, hey, it's no laughing joke. Have you ever tried to lift up one of those things, especially when it's full? I mean, oh, my God, those things are heavy. So a lot gotta, of porcelain. Yeah, yeah, a lot of porcelain, baby, a lot of porcelain. <clears throat> so we're, we're talking about how to preserve your muscle mass, and uh, Sherry's come up on a, uh, a new product on the market. And go ahead and give us that again, and then we'll get into some of the hormonal aspects of muscle. Yeah, sure. It's called Rejuvenate, um, and they have a website you can check out, rejuvenatemuscle.com. And we were talking about how this can be a great supplement. It's a, it's a powder in a packet. You can take it daily. For people that are looking to uh, rebuild lost muscle, to prevent muscle loss, also helps with energy, vitality, gives you an edge, give you a little strength back. And uh, it is gluten-free, sugar-free, and dairy-free. So um, those are some more important attributes. But um, this is uh, something that has been very well studied. We're talking about um, 17 years of clinical research, over 25 studies. Um, so this isn't some fad diet product. Um, this isn't also for people, uh, you know, if you're listening and you're looking, you know, you're a bodybuilder and you want to just pump up your muscles. This is not a product for you. Um, it really, most of the studies have been done on the 50-plus age group showing um, that this can be um, a valuable um, uh, supplement for those looking to um, rebuild that lost muscle and prevent muscle loss. So this isn't going to pump you up like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but more it's just going to um, get you back to where you should be. Uh, keeping in mind, as we were talking about earlier, once we hit age 50, sarcopenia, age-related muscle loss, it starts to happen. We lose about 1% to 3% of muscle mass a year, even if we're exercising. So that is a part of aging that's undeniable, but we can fight back. You need to exercise as much as possible and making sure you're getting these protein and amino acids in your diet. Absolutely. And remember, though, that it takes more than just nutrition. There are uh, a few hormones that are involved in maintaining muscle mass and in building it, essentially. Uh, of course, testosterone is very important. And that's why men tend to have more muscle mass than women is because of our much higher testosterone levels. Women have small amounts of testosterone, but uh, nowhere near what we have. Their ovaries don't make testosterone. Testosterone is a byproduct of pre-hormones that are converted by their kidneys into uh, into small amounts of testosterone. And we do use testosterone uh, in people who are deficient in testosterone, but it has also been abused. The testosterone-like agents have been abused. Now, I don't know uh, if there's really any good evidence that it causes uh, Roid rage, the uh, the syndrome of being uh, extremely angry and violent if you have too much testosterone in you. Although there's probably some evidence that high levels of testosterone are uh, associated with more assertive, if you will, males. And we also use testosterone in low dosages in women uh, after they have gone through the menopause as a way to increase muscle mass and give them a little bit more sex drive and a little bit more energy. So this is an important aspect of building muscle is to have the adequate amounts of testosterone on board. And if you are having problems, especially if you're a guy and you think that you might be low on testosterone, then go see your doctor and, and get your blood drawn and get a testosterone level. Generally, we'd like to draw two or three 
uh, samples through a day and then mix them together because the testosterone levels go up and down in a wave-like fashion throughout the day. Uh, that doesn't mean that their effect on you is, is cyclic in that sense because the steroid hormones like testosterone and estrogen and progesterone are also stored in our fatty tissue so that it comes back out when the levels drop. And uh, so that's, that's one thing that we have to think about and look like. There are also some other hormones that are involved like insulin-like growth factor. Uh, insulin itself, and you can't, you can't function without insulin. Insulin, as I tell people, is the carburetor. And for those of you who know cars or those of you who don't, the carburetor is what gets the gasoline and the air mixture into the engine. And then the engine has little spark plugs and the little explosion makes the piston go up and down. So insulin is the carburetor that gets the blood sugar into the muscle cells. And then the, the throttle, once it's in there, is going to be uh, the, the things that modify that and how much you, energy you burn are going to be things like uh, thyroid hormone and testosterone and estrogen. So it, it's a little bit more complex than, than just nutrition. There are hormones involved. You have to have an intact endocrine system. You have to be secreting the right amounts of and the adequate amounts of hormones that are necessary to maintain muscle health as well as to build muscle. And uh, we know that guys' levels of testosterone drop a little bit, uh, not, not necessarily below normal, but most guys, their testosterone levels go down a little bit as they age. So this is something that we have to think about. And if you're concerned, then make sure you ask your doctor to check your testosterone levels and make sure you get two or three samples throughout the day. So you have to go in the morning, afternoon uh, to your doctor and get a, get a blood test, and then they can mix those together. I don't know what your experience is with this, Sherry. You probably have been in the position of prescribing hormones for guys and, and for people in general. Yeah, for sure. No, I think this is an important part of the discussion because, yes, um, amino acids, protein, exercise, that is very important. But if you are in a situation where you're uh, testosterone deficient, um, that can also impact your muscle health. Um, for you know, I'm glad you mentioned as well this is an important hormone for women because women typically think of testosterone as just the guy's hormone, but women do produce some testosterone in their ovaries and as women um, hit menopause, it's not just estrogen that takes a dive, but sometimes testosterone levels can go down too, and that can affect a woman's energy, her muscle, her libido as well. And um, so sometimes we will uh, do mixtures of testosterone for, for women. Of course, it's popular for men as well. But um, also this is something that we only give if you're deficient and needing it. So um, getting your hormones checked, as you mentioned, is really important uh, to know where you're at. And like a lot of things, you should really only be supplementing if you if you need it um, because there, there can be some adverse effects. You know, we see... Uh, we don't see the roid rage so much. Those, you know, the muscle heads that are the bodybuilders sometimes experience that when they're taking crazy high amounts of anabolic steroids. But for guys that are taking testosterone replacement or women as well, if it's you're taking a, you know, a prescribed appropriate dose, then that's really not a concern. Um, but yeah, I think that's important. Um, the other hormone, which I think is, you mentioned, uh, which plays into overall your metabolism, your health, and your well-being, thyroid hormone. A lot of women in particular tend to um, 
be misdiagnosed or not maybe just not even not even identified that their thyroid is subpar and if you have a low thyroid um, because the thyroid sets a lot of things in the body, uh, like the conductor of the orchestra. If your thyroid hormone is low, um, it can affect your metabolism and so many as- other aspects of your health. So it's good when you're getting your, your annual physical and a check, um, in particular if you have uh, fatigue or hair loss or cold hands or feet or if you've noticed uh, a change in your body composition, meaning you're gaining fat, um, those are some signs that you could have low thyroid, so that's an important one to get checked out too. Increasing constipation as well. Yes, constipation. Yeah, dry, <clears throat> dry skin, dry, dry, um, dry hair, um, hair loss. Um, those are all signs of hypothyroidism, which is very common, especially for women over age thirty. Um, so yeah, you know, we we have to be in charge of our health and um, be tuned in to our bodies and. Uh, Make sure that we, you know, we're seeing our doctor and getting getting ourselves uh, checked out regularly. Sherry, I got a confession. I've, I've been sneaking some testosterone in my wife's coffee. <laughs> but and how's it, that working out for you? That's it. Very well, thank you. But is that <laughs> is that wrong? Well, I think a lot of guys would like to do that. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. So I mean, there's there's a big difference between a, a male and a female libido, <laughs> <laughs> and that and that difference becomes much more pronounced in women as they age. So um, sometimes we need to do things to equalize. <laughs> That's right. Don't tell her, for God's sakes, you guys. Nobody so say our, anything. That'll be our Not time. a word. <laughs> so, yes, we do see uh, a lot of women who are hypo or low thyroid, occasionally hyperthyroid. Uh, the, the, the problems with hyperthyroid is that you lose weight and you shake and you eat up your bones, so you lose bone mass. Uh, but the hypothyroid, which is fairly common, uh, generally precipitated by autoimmune, that is, antibodies that we manufacture against our own body tissues, attacks our thyroid gland, decreases the amount of hormone, and then we end up with weight gain, uh, sluggishness, fatigue, loss of hair, uh, brittle hair, dry skin, slow bowels, sleep disruption, abnormal sleep patterns. So that is important, as uh, Sherry said, to ask your doctor to check your thyroid hormones, ladies. So we do that routinely. We get a thyroid-stimulating hormone and a free T4, which is uh, a way of looking at both the high and low aspects. The general rule of thumb is that if the TSH is high, if it's above normal, then your thyroid functions have dropped because it's a feedback mechanism where the thyroid hormone turns off the thyroid stimulating hormone in the brain. So then the other side of it is if your TSH is normal or low, but your free T4 is high, then we have to think about hyper or elevated thyroid function, which is also very deleterious to, to people. So we do want you to make sure that your doctor is doing that for women who are over 30 um, who have any change in their in their body functions or their feelings about themselves, their fatigue levels, their uh, weight, their hair, their skin. All these things are important to consider and discuss that with your family doctor when you go in at, for your annual exam. And by the way, go in for an annual exam every now and then. Is that an, is annual every now and then or is that every year? I forget, Sherry. Every year. Every year. Okay, that's and, how that works. Yep, 
we and, get that and, every year. Okay, and, annual. I got it now. All right. <laughs> yeah, I get that done. And, you know, when it we look at some of these, these basic things that you can have done, it's just so important because it can give you um, some insight into, you know, not just your symptoms and how you're feeling, but it can affect your, your risk and of other diseases and problems down the road. So um, some simple tests, great to have done. Um, when we're looking at, um, we are talking earlier about, you know, muscle atrophy as we age, and um, there was an interesting study I thought I would bring up. It was, it was done in the Lancet, published in the Lancet, showing that um, grip strength and muscle health was actually a more important predictor of death by heart disease and monitoring blood pressure. Now, of course, monitoring blood pressure is very, very important, but this was an interesting study, some simple test which was measuring grip strength. Um, and the reason the researchers felt this was um, so valuable is that it doesn't look at just one single aspect of health. It looks at uh, the overall big picture. If you're weak, if you have re- reduced muscle strength, um, it's felt that that could, um, you know, factor into uh, the downward spiral of many aspects of your health. Um, so simply getting your grip strength checked at, uh, you know, a physiology lab or a, a, a fitness center, that may be something else to take a look at as well. Absolutely, and we also um, use a grip strength as uh, an investigational tool when we are trying nutritional supplements for people in intensive care and in long-term care to see if our formulas of amino acids and proteins actually increase the, the grip strength or maintain it. And uh, there's not good evidence, at least so far, that in the intensive care unit, the uh, protein supplements uh, increase the grip strength. But in recovery, it seems that it does help that the grip strength is a little bit, a little bit better in people who have had more, more intensive um, nutritional support. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the problem is, is that grip strength, again, is not only is it uh, a good indicator of, of many factors of body function, but it is multifactorial. So we, we don't know for sure if this is purely related to supplementation or if there are some other factors. Uh, if there's a placebo effect because you're getting more attention uh, and getting a, a more, more feedings in the hospital. Uh, intensive care setting, and so then when you get out, you're more stimulated to get moving. So it, it, it's hard to tell, but it's certainly um, very worthwhile to look at. And uh, I would agree that the grip strength is an important aspect in determining cardiovascular health. Uh, but I would also remind people that the most bang for the buck is going to be to control your blood pressure. If you can control your blood pressure and your your cholesterol and your blood sugar, uh, you're going to have a longer, healthier, happier life. And it's not just heart attacks and strokes. I mean, there's microvascular disease too, Sherry, where people's brains deteriorate because the uh, microscopic blood vessels thicken up. And as they clot off and deep inside the brain, it kills the tails of the nerve cells and the nerve cells can't communicate from the cortex down into the inside of the brain. And, and, uh, that's probably the most common cause of dementia now, even though the, uh, finally the Alzheimer's Association has put that on their website after I've been yelling about it for 25 years. Yeah, that you're right. That's a really um, important, um, often overlooked uh, role blood pressure has. And sometimes, you know, when I'm talking to patients, 
um, they really don't see, you know, unless their blood pressure is, is drastically high, they're reluctant to take medications. But if you talk about the impact on their brain and dementia or on ED, in, in that area, I find that, <laughs> that <people's> area. <laughs> <laughs> I often, I I often get people to uh, p- to pay attention when when I bring up those aspects. So the, the another reason why, if you have high blood pressure, you want to take your medication. It's good for a lot of other things. Absolutely, and, and you know the the uh, Canadian and you're Canadian, the Canadian and American Joint Committee on Blood Pressure Control, uh, the Joint National Committee. Uh, has lowered the level. Uh, they've been lowering the level of normal blood pressures. Now it's down to, I think, 130 over 80, 130 over 80 something. And so it's coming down. The problem is, is that we get, as we get older, and octogenarians and nanogenarians and septogenarians, we lose some of our vascular integrity. And that is when we stand up, instead of our blood vessels constricting to keep the blood up in our body and to our brain, our blood vessels don't have that same reaction as a young person and the blood pressure will drop. So you may be sitting or lying with a normal blood pressure on your medications, but when you stand up, uh, your pressure drops and you get kind of woozy and weak and you feel better lying down. So then we have to look at that and decide whether or not you're appropriate for a blood pressure of 130 over 80 or whether we need to let it be a little bit higher. And there are times when we even need to give another medication to help you maintain your blood pressure when you stand up. So it's a little bit more complex than just uh, controlling the blood pressure. However, again, you're going to get the most bang for your buck by getting your blood pressure under control. People say, can I do it with diet and exercise? That certainly will help, but if you have a genetic predisposition or if you've had it for a long period of time, that may not make any difference. Does that mean don't exercise and don't watch what you eat? No, it just means that you may, as Sherry said, need to take your medication. And uh, if you think that dementia is a fun thing, uh, it, it's it's a terrible thing. You, you have to stop and look at the at the people who have to take care of you and the burden you're putting on them, as well as your own loss of uh, enjoyment in life. So it is important, and, and not just for heart attacks and strokes, but for small vessel disease of the brain, and as Sherry pointed out, for certain other bodily functions. <laughs> That's right. Well, Sherry, what are you doing now? You're going to go hiking with Phoenix and... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just, uh, he's he's in the other room watching uh, some cartoons. I told him Mommy had a radio interview I was doing this morning. Unfortunately, we have to pack up today. We're heading back from Phoenix, but it's been just an extraordinary trip. Did a lot of hiking yesterday. Went to see some uh, national monuments, Montezuma's Castle, and we were hiking um, in Tonto National Forest. There's this natural bridge. It's a rock structure. It's the biggest in the world, so we got a up-close view of that, and uh, it was just magnificent. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. I love that part of the country. I love the high desert and uh, all the national monuments that are out in Arizona and Utah and mm-hmm. New Mexico and Southern California. Unbelievably beautiful. If you haven't been there, folks, take a trip. It's it's, it's gorgeous. It's it gorgeous. is. And thank you so much for having me. Um, if you, anybody wants more information on the topic we talked about, I did put an article on my website. You can check out sherrytorkus.com. Go to my blog page. And then I have uh, an article talking about reversing body changes with age. So you can check that out. Very good, Sherry. We appreciate you coming on. You, I'm Dr. Bill. Bill, your Radio MD, and we're going to get out of here. We'll see you next week. Love you guys. Thank you.